Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. that finally has dry socks after a weekend of howling wind and rain. We're in Glasgow City Centre and in what feels a bit like a Terrace Podcast Glasgow mashup mix, I'm joined first of all by the podcast snappiest dresser, Craig Kells. Hello. <laughs> and finally, completing our terrific trio, uh, which because of the mashup feels a bit girl talk-esque, I'm joined by Tom Watt. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello, lads. First of all... The jilted um, Tom Watt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all, I'd just like to thank everyone for their kind wishes to us all over the past few days. Uh, I'm sure I speak for all of us when we are genuinely, we've taken it all to heart and we are very, very thankful for everything that nice that everybody said about us. It has been a bit overwhelming, to be honest. So if we haven't got back to you, please don't feel that we're being rude. It's just gotten a bit daft. To Even be honest. all the people that were negative on Jambo's kickback. <laughs> Even hello to you, particularly. <laughs> Um, today's show is going to be very Scottish Cup based um, We're going to do a quick run through of the other two league matches Which will be available on the Patreon Which you can sign up at, at patreon.com But to kick us off today uh, We're going to do a, a round of hotties or noise. So Craig, do you want to give us a hottie? Yes, I've got a hottie that was previously a naughty And that is the Central Fife Times Twitter account Now... <laughs> It's hot again niche, because really niche. <laughs> it's it's finally figured out how to use Twitter again. Um, for a long time, they were just posting screenshots of a computer screen along with uh, a caption. Not even screenshots, like photos of a computer screen. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're totally right. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah. So somebody holding their phone up to a computer screen and taking the picture, uh, and then accompanying that with a with the caption. And no, no link to the story. And then there was a few times when they would put a link, but it'd be a link to the homepage rather than to the article they were um, they were talking about. And um, 
There was also one point where the best one is just this, this picture of this woman, and it just says Margaret is spot on. So if you just if you just scroll back to February, end of February, and have a look at it, it's, it's glorious. But yeah, unfortunately, they've started to work out how to use Twitter again, which is a little bit unfortunate. Although they did mention because Cowden Beath got a mention in the yes. TV show adapted from this podcast. Um, they did put a screenshot of uh, say a screenshot again it was a picture of a <laughs> computer screen which had on it a picture of Central Park and it said that they had got a mention in View from the Terrace indeed mm. Tom do you want to give us a hottie uh, David Robertson <laughs> uh, replacing Martin Bain as Scottish football documentary Bay uh, <laughs> he said the word fuck 80 times in 60 minutes <laughs> Uh, I work this out at 1.3 fucks per minute. In the loop has 0.81 FTM, which is pretty good going. Does this mean so that BBC, BBC Scotland are not allowed any more swearing on the no show? No more swearing whatsoever. On, on any uh, show throughout the entire, entire schedule. Yeah. Is that more than Goodfellas? Uh, I looked up, it's not It's slightly, it's not quite as good uh, as, the FTM is slightly lower than Goodfellas, but it's roughly comparable with Reservoir Dogs. Okay. okay. I did do quite a lot of research in it. I got lost down a hole in, in this. But yeah, for, pretty good, uh, good. For 30 seconds of content. Hats off to you, man. Yeah, Hats off yeah. to you. Excellent. Uh, I've, got a, I've actually been really dull and, and done a footballing hottie. Uh, I've done George Oakley. Um, and I've realised we're about a week late with this, but due to timings and how podcasts, Wednesdays, or Mondays and Thursdays, whatever else. Um, but he was voted SPFL Goal of the Month uh, for February with his outrageous Van Basken, Van Basken, Van Basten volley against Aberdeen, which he probably meant. I'm going to give him the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt because he know like he's a he's centre forward, and I realise he's only been there for a very short period of time. But he knows fine well that there's not another Aki's player in that box because he's an Aki centre forward. Like you've been there for ten minutes, you realise there's not a huge amount of support. It's essentially you, and then somewhere behind you is Matthew Cogallon. He'll eventually get there, but it's not going to be right there. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for it. And uh, as well as that, it's just unbelievable goal, unbelievable finish. And I don't think I'm alone in this, but I'm going to hold my hands up and admit that I did not anticipate George Oakley to have the impact that yeah. he's had at Hamilton Aki. He scored a double a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so he's, right? he's essentially he scored a double against St Johnston. So he's essentially grabbed them six points in two games, which you like in no way did anyone think Hamilton Aki's going to take six points off of St Johnston and Aberdeen. Again, got to do enough Rangers. Nobody, nobody's worried about that. But these but just doing what Hamilton always. Yeah, do. those, those six points could be absolutely crucial. Uh, and we'll, I presume we'll come on to that. I think in the Patreon when we talk about uh, Hamilton Aki's and St Mirren and Dundee in there as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's very much my hottie at the moment because he's he's really proven a lot of people wrong. I don't think there was a huge amount of people thought he was going to fire Aki's to safety. Uh, do we have any more hotties? Uh, I've got Stevie Crawford. Yeah. Um, what happened? I, like, I, I feel like I tuned out for yeah. about 10 minutes and somehow they're now in the playoffs. I think that's pretty much what happened. Everyone <laughs> looked the other way and were like, oh, what? <laughs> um, yeah, took over and they were in a pretty bad place and somehow it got worse. Uh, immediately getting pumped 3-0 off Wraith wasn't a great start, but they did really well in January. They signed well, Ryan Blair and Bruce Anderson. Great signings. Uh, Particularly they, as well, they lost Aidan Keena in that yeah. period of time as well, who'd been the, who'd been the, 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 the bright spark in the yeah. final season. Um, but he seems to have settled the defence down uh, four consecutive wins now, and only the teams above them have done that this season. Four clean sheets as four well. Four clean sheets, exactly. Um, Alwa up next, and nobody in the Championships won five in a row this season. So they could be the first ones to win five in a row. And you 
I think they look pretty good, pretty good value for a a, a playoff spot. Brilliant. There goes some of my uh, Patreon content. <laughs> we can recycle it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I've got my, I've got another hottie, which is the Scotland women's national team, uh, who have continued the preparation for their visit to France for the Women's World Cup in the Algarve Cup. Al- Algarve. I'm really struggling with speaking today. In the Algarve Cup. Uh, went down one nothing with a, a late penalty to Canada uh, in, well, in the last week um, and I'm now uh, in the fifth place playoff which I realise doesn't sound hugely impressive but they were they did not qualify for the top group on the basis of I think it was goals scored um, and they absolutely bodied Iceland for, uh, 4-1 as well with what was a series of exceptionally good fun goals particularly the last one which is very much digging out the highlights for uh, where it's basically headed into the ground um, from about eight yards out. It's great, it's really good, and it's continuing to run it in the net. But the Iceland game in particular was hugely impressive, as more than anything else, with the last sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes, all of the all of the Iceland players looked absolutely knackered, and the Scottish team just continued were running over the top of them all over the pitch, which has got to be a good sign, and hopefully it's a... A, a bit of growth from all of them being sort of full time now until the World Cup as well. So hopefully that's making a big difference for them. But yeah, they looked absolutely terrific in that game. And Iceland are a team ranked sort of roughly the same sort of level as Scotland, a couple of places below, and they absolutely pumped them. Like it wasn't even a contest. And as I say, just missed out on and, and ending up in the top group, which I think would have been like a, a third and fourth place playoff for them as well. So in at fifth place, playing Denmark tomorrow, which will be Friday at quarter past one. So yep, winners. Uh, I've got another. I've got a naughty here. Um, I've got going for banners. Yes, I think there, there's been a banners are cancelled. Quite a spate of them recently, um, and I'm not talking necessarily about getting offense, offended by any or anything like that. It's just they seem to be. It's been really prevalent. There's just been loads recently, yeah. and they're just they're nonsense. They're nonsense. Like Hearts fans embarrassed themselves with the one they took last night. Um, saying weekdays are for replays, and then they are played to a replay. Um, Celtic Celtic had one uh, um, Easter Road that I got bored reading halfway through because it was so bloody long it just shouldn't be that long um, it should be short and snappy Celtic's banners this year have really not looked great in hindsight like no. all, all of them have kind of come back pretty the, the Boyata one didn't really age all that well the Valencia win that one was brilliant yeah did he not score the winning goal in that yes, game yes and nobody knew whether to boo applaud or whatever was going on but yeah and then Valencia win obviously it turns out Celtic were afraid of the bat so yeah it didn't turn out all that well and there was also oh god um, Rangers Steve Clark Steve win Kilmarnock's um, weird Steve Clark win Morelos. Morelos. And they all seem to be written in a similar font, which Rob pointed out is like the Spider-Man font yeah. from 2004 or whatever. Um, and also, who's making these? Is it the same person that's making them and distributing them to... to are they making them to order? Or, I mean, or is it just a bunch of guys that stay up all night to, to make think, them... I think they should the day before the game? take a, a leaf out the like early 2000s WWE book and just you're you're allowed a banner, but you're allowed it on like an A one sheet of card, and you've got to take personal responsibility for what it is. And then you do get like quite witty, informative, and like funny really things. niche references. Exactly. Well, well, so on, along those lines, it appealed on my Twitter this morning. Somebody was at whatever last night's wrestling is called, and um, with a big uh, one of those big cards that just said Final Fantasy VIII was underrated. Well. <laughs> Correct. Again, <laughs> absolutely fine. If you can get it on that sign, that's what you get. That's what you get to see. 
and unlikely to stir up huge controversy in the in the paper. Oh, I reckon, I reckon that's going to stir up some well, fair controversy. Yeah. Uh, I've got a naughty, which is uh, Dundee Football Club, um, who have gone from looking like, yeah, sure, they're, they're fine and they'll be safe, to essentially that boy out of the wicker man uh, going, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ, over and over again. And a series of games where they haven't actually played badly at any point at all, really. I mean, they've been defensively up and down, but again, Dundee have been defensively up and down for the past decade, more or less. But I've looked like they're in games and they looked like they're improving, but are now below Aki's, what, a point ahead of St Mirren, I think it is now. And again, despite having improved and everyone's saying they're, they're looking an awful lot more solid, they're looking more safe, they're looking real, they're in such bother. And still, the... With County picking up points at the top of the Championship, the possibility of a Dundee Derby playoff is edging ever closer. Which I don't know. I mean, I I I, I fear for the city of Dundee. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure the either fan base is mentally. The, the last time when Dundee United were relegated at Dens, kind of left that either fan base in a, in a very odd place where Dundee fans were delighted, but still in the knowledge that they weren't very good. <laughs> Dundee United fans were absolutely. Crestfallen, destroyed, and then they had another derby just after it in the Betfred Cup. two in the Betfred Cup, back to back, but again, never really had that same sort of edge. If there's a Dundee derby playoff, neither fan base, I, I think that it'll just be a collective arse collapse for about a roughly 200,000 people. Um, can't, don't really know how to follow that. Um, Naughty Lee Congerton, who apparently <laughs> <laughs> segueing seamlessly, um, set to leave Celtic. And it's not so much because of the... He's never won Celtic fans over for pretty good reason. Because he sounds like a baddie at a cartoon. He does sound like a baddie at a cartoon. And his <laughs> scouting, a lot of his scouting seems to basically be look up good teams on Wikipedia <laughs> and find the players who aren't... In the, like, you know, you can't really take a huge amount of credit for signing strikers from PSG who aren't getting the game, one of whom is a son of a World Player of the Year. Value uh, over £7 million. Yeah. Filter. Interested foreign-based. Yeah, it's just having a dig through the Football Manager database. Yeah. Olivia Nishak, so, you, so you scouted one of the best players in the world on Wikipedia. Benkovic, yeah, some credit for the fact that you signed from that, but he was a £13 million, 20-year-old, yeah. 19-year-old. And the ones that seem to have... There, there's a punt taken on... Uh, Benu, Comper, and the rest just falling short. However, that's not why I think he should be a naughty. It, I would have thought he should have just been like launched into the Clyde as soon as Rogers was out the door. But it's the fact he wants to leave, and they want to give him a like a better position. The other story is that he they want to promote him and presumably give him a longer contract and. If he's going to be like part of the director of football hierarchy, then more money and more which responsibility. Mean, which means they either need to hope someone comes and takes him later or pay him off yeah. if it continues to go in this way. It's like, you know, congratulations on your less than stellar job. We would like to make it more secure and give you a promotion. <laughs> Why do you want to leave? No, it's, that's the dream. Anyway, I, I have one final naughty, which is actually me. Um, as I'm a Motherwell fan that travelled to Kilmarnock and bought not one but two pies because I was very hungover and a lot of juice so and a pint as well so it was dark fruit so I'm a really terrible Motherwell fan so I'm indeed a naughty um, as well so I have to just admit that to, to the <laughs> listeners hey, One quick uh, hottie I've got Liam Henderson he's playing in Serie B Yep <laughs> Great 
Right, so we'll after this diversion, we'll, we'll, we'll shift on to some actual football from the weekend. Um, so we'll start off with um, Hibernian nil, Celtic 2, with James Forrest and Scott Brown sending Celtic as one of the two teams that are actually in the semi-finals um, past Hibs. Uh, Hibs were not very good, eh? No, they, they started the match as if they intended to press Celtic, which a lot of teams that have had success against yep. Celtic... Have, I mean, it can be suicide sometimes when Celtic are on their game, uh, and maybe that's why they sensed that uh, and retreated. But yeah, it seemed to be the first 10 minutes or so or something, Hibs kind of went after Celtic, and then they retreated for the rest of the match. And I don't know, apart from apart from some nice, neat passages of play, um, they never really did anything. They never really laid a glove on Celtic, and it was quite, it was quite disappointing given Celtic, the Celtic side's recent record at Easter Road uh, and um, given Paul Heckenbottom's quite bright start. I mean, yeah. this was the first real test I suppose he's had, but uh, yeah, it was it was very disappointing for Hibs in the end. Yeah, it, it was almost like both sides looked quite nervy, but Celtics had sort of were expecting something that didn't ever really seem to arrive. I mean, Hibs had a couple of, not really chances, but they did get in behind a couple of times in the first half, but there was no conviction whatsoever. There was no... They didn't look like they were. They didn't look like they were aware of how nervy Celtic had looked early on when like passes were going out of uh, out out of play, and Celtic didn't seem to have any great fluidity. They had a couple of half chances, but yeah, really hard to to kind of tell what to make of it from from uh, a Hibs point of view. I mean, it, it has slightly disturbed me that it, it was referred to, obviously, you know, Neil Lennon being the, the link. And as a result of searching Twitter for uh, this Lennon derby, I, um, there are an awful lot of pencil drawings of Neil Lennon and other Celtic players in kind of vaguely homoerotic poses that have been drawn in the last two weeks. Don't look it up. But it's the thing. It's the thing. I saw. I mean, I'm definitely going to look it up. Definitely, definitely going to look that up. Yeah, there's, there's. It's the thing. There's like a sub, sub Twitter culture of like Kieran Tierney and Neil Lennon together at last. Scott Brown and Neil Lennon back together. So yeah, I mean that's nothing necessarily to do with the football, but I just wanted to get in because it was so terrifying that I stumbled across it um, with people actually selling them online. I don't know. I don't know how to. Anyway, back to the football. Um, yeah, Hibs were weirdly. I thought they, went, they they had an awful lot of men behind the ball, but were also incredibly open, which yeah. is a really strange. It's, it's the, the setup. one. The one for me is uh, Milligan. Is the sort of Milligan when he was signed and presumably was on good wages. And I think all of us reckoned that. I don't think again we need to hold our hands up. I think all of us looked at Milligan and sort of thought really good sort of pedigree has a lot of experience. Has played at a quite high level. Um, and sticking him in that midfield, which last year obviously was a lot of fun, but was a bit leaky and, and not the most sort of practical going forward, particularly with the loss of the players they had. But he seems kind of unable to make it past an hour in the game. The pace mm-hmm. of the game seems to really pass him by. When he first came in, the record with him in the side was excellent. He didn't concede a goal for his. I mean, he came on. He come on at Celtic Park for his debut or something like that, and they didn't concede after he came on, even though they had before then. And then he started the next five or something, and they didn't concede a goal. It was something along those lines. And yeah, he looked like he was like the perfect kind of screening midfielder that yeah. could also get his foot on the ball um, that they had been missing. And I know he's kind of been moved position a little bit uh, by being moved into centre half and that kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. He just he seems to be for that second goal, especially was it this? No, it was the first goal. 
And yeah, he, he got taken off just after that and um yeah, he, he looked none. And then the man that replaced him, Bartley, was even worse. Bartley, the first thing he did was kick the ball out of the park trying to find a teammate. And then for the second goal, he gets caught in possession. Tries to blame somebody else at the end of it as well. But he gets caught in possession. And, um, yeah, I mean, but it was Brown that won it off him. And then eventually... Um, Hammers into the net. It was a very um, aesthetically pleasing goal. Yes. It was one of those ones. As soon as he worked that um, yard of space for himself, you knew it was going in the net, just the, the way he's been finishing recently. I think that's his third and four games or something. But um, just the emphaticness of the finish was very pleasing it to was, see. It was one of those strikes which seemed to be getting faster the further it went away. <laughs> like it, it defies all. It was like an Armand Oni strike where it, yeah. it, it looks as if it's getting faster the further away it gets from, which makes no sense at yeah. all. And to be honest, if he had put that wide, he would have killed someone. I was going to say, I was about to say, yeah, was really, the Celtic fans behind the goal must have been delighted it hit the net because otherwise, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It must have, he must have envisaged someone. It's one of the like the only Rogers, way you, Brendan you know, Rogers. you can, <laughs> Brendan Rogers' head just popped up above him and he puts foot through it. Yeah, um Scott Brown, that's he's got three I think it's three and six in all competitions, but that's him matched his goal tally for the previous hundred and seventy five games. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's he, he, but he's not really in goal scoring positions that often. He hasn't been that player for Celtic for a long time. It's, I mean he does occasionally have these weird like hot flashes of form. I mean I think he's got he's got 60 career goals ever and you know a, a run of goals at the moment and he had a run in 2011-12 where he got 6 in 10 so like huge percentages of his career goal tallies in very short periods of time so he just obviously to... gets his eye in and <laughs> he scored like... was it back to back for Scotland he scored he scored two quite close together for Scotland yes I'm sure there was a Norway Czech and Czech Republic, Republic. Yeah. Right? can't remember how close together they were yeah uh, can I just highlight that I think it's absolutely mental that I so I'm stopping short of saying that, Celtic, that he's Celtic's best player, but I'm going to say that he's Celtic's. If there's an MVP, it's James Forrest by miles and miles and miles. Yeah, I mean he's had a bit of a lull because uh, he started the season on fire. He was far and away the best player in yeah. the country for the, at the start of the season for the first few months or whatever. But just over over the past two years, and you forget that James Forrest is 27. You think James Forrest is approaching or is already 30? Is pushing that? Mm-hmm. He's 27 years old and every time over the past, say, two and a half, three years that Celtic have needed somebody to do something, it's always Forrest. Every single time it's Forrest. It's Forrest and Rosenberg. Um, it's Forrest when the St Johnston game earlier this season in the middle of the, the Empire Strikes Back of that trilogy when they played St <laughs> Johnston. When Celtic were just sort of struggling and toiling and St Johnston were digging and digging, doing really well. Again, it wasn't a great goal that he scored, but he was there. It was the Tans are sleeping at the back post and, and Forrest appeared and Forrest scores because he's the guy that makes a difference on the day as well. It's him scoring the goals that, that set them off in the League Cup final. Um it's it's him well it was the last year Celtic played Thistle again in the Scottish Cup and, and scored a hat trick as they won three two. He just bailed Scotland out this season. And again, as well as that, Scott his goals for Scotland this season have been absolutely brilliant and just every time I mean, it's, it's possibly biased by the fact that every time Forrest plays Motherwell, he seems to score as well. But if, every time Celtic need a goal from someone and need somebody to step up and do something, it's always James Forrest. And it's just the, the more I think about it, the more I think it's mad that people don't think that he's the key. He's the, to me, he's the key, the key part of that Celtic. Well, team. he always had the physical attributes. It's just he took a number of years to put an end product to his game, and Rogers coached him. Uh, 
to to have that or to be better at that. And yeah, I mean, like you say, he's 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 been he's been one of Celtic's best players for the last couple of years. That that goal specifically, um, I think it's a bit harsh to say Marciano maybe should have saved it. Um, I think it goes past Hanlon. Marciano can't really react until it's past Hanlon, and I just think the sheer power and pace yeah. on it. I know it wasn't right in the top corner, but I just think that I think it's the power and the shot that that takes it past Marciano rather than the accuracy of it. I, I mean, I think if if Marciano had been like a, a yard further back, like from closer on the mean but he doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't. Yeah. Know what's, he's then it. got a little bit more time to react. I yeah. Suppose, if, I mean, if he if he'd he was quite far off his line from mm-hmm. the time it was hit, but you know it was hit and he couldn't see it coming. But just the way he point. worked the angle and the, the yeah. yard as well. I mean, I know we've mentioned that um, uh, Milligan was quite leggy by that point and. Slivka actually got done for both goals, but uh, I mean he still had to he still had to beat what was in front of him, and overall it was a cracking goal, smashing. So we will move on to the next game, uh, which we have as Dundee United one, uh, Inverness Caledonia this one. Two. Fair play Inverness, by the way, they have been the standout, or they have been involved in the standout match, live match in the last two rounds now. Um, I can't remember exactly all four matches that were on. The previous round, but there was another boring Celtic St Johnston game. Um, I, I remember the others not quite living up to it, but that Monday night one between Ross County and Inverness was brilliant, and the replay looked just as good, even though you either had to watch it on Periscope or just watch highlights. Um, but yeah, this again, I think this was the the game of the weekend again. I thought you were going to say fair play, fair play to them for actually winning a game of football, so. for not drawing, for making it look like teasing us. With another, <laughs> the, the, they really, they really did, draw. they really did push it there as well. Really <laughs> did get, really did offer that as an opportunity. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, as you say, it was an absolutely fantastic game. Uh, we saw a goal from Joe Chalmers. Uh, one who knew he had that in him. Do you know that was actually going to be one of my other naughties And that, again, me um, for making fun of Joe Chalmers for ages um, because inevitably his, his goal was absolutely we we'll talk about that first of all his goal was absolutely sensational yeah from from kind of from a below par left back to quite a competent midfielder to a right winger yeah what's happened yeah. there and scored one sensational goal and then nearly scored another <laughs> yeah, one I was, the, I was I was still reeling from the fact that he scored the first one and then the, the cross the second one came in and as soon as it left his foot I was I, you know you just look at that it's in it's definitely in I mean I look like a dick here um, <laughs> no no apparently not thank you thank you for the the, the Tamarise crossbars on that one but yeah he was absolutely terrific he, they just didn't really know quite what to do with them they just kept stepping inside away from people well they had lost um, to United just a couple of days before and they said after the game that they had deliberately switched up a bit they had rested Doran for that game brought him back in so he was fit for the cup game basically um, and they, they tweaked things and that was to bring uh, Trafford into the midfield and put Chalmers on the right wing and it's it's worked a treat It was yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff from it for, for his first strike as well and for the majority of the game barring about 5-10 sort of minutes United weren't really in the game at all. No. Yeah, it was it was really strange. I mean, it it seemed like even amongst the the fans, there was a certain like Rob, I mean, Robbie Nielsen said in the build up that you know there's a lot of pressure on us, and it seemed like they felt it. I, I mean, I don't know whether that was anything to do with him saying that, but you know, it was a decent crowd there. It sounded like a really good atmosphere, but it looked like 
they really felt like the pressure was on them. Like they didn't really ever get going. They lose a goal, admittedly, it was a great goal. They're handed a penalty which was pretty soft. And you thought at that point, right, okay, you're back in it and you can, you, the, the, you've got the players go out and play it and they never did at, no, at any point they they just retreated as soon as they as soon as they equalized they retreated again and again and almost looked like I mean what was strange as well was the the sort of fan reaction was ah oh, it's fine we'll get on with the league we've got more important things to do as if like they they basically played for a draw <laughs> and you know Cali are pretty good at that as well <laughs> but they basically played for a draw you know the only thing that would be worse than than a, a, another game would be you know another replay and you've got to go up to Inverness. It's, it was bizarre that there was this sort of ambivalence about the fact you could be in a Scottish Cup semi final. It's not going to take an awful lot away from your your league campaign. I mean, to be um, fair, that's that's only the, that's only the fans that were that at Tannadice on, on Sunday. There'll be the other twenty thousand that would have gone to Hamden that are absolutely raging at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about uh, they played like a team that were under pressure. They've been a team under pressure for about four and a half years now. So maybe coming out and saying like putting pressure on them before <laughs> and match doesn't really have any effect. Yeah, like, it felt like, like the pressure would maybe lifted in the last few games. <laughs> no, 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 we're back under pressure, boys. But like you said, they beat them like less than a week ago, and and to say, oh, we're under pressure now. But you, you literally At just beat them. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is utter, utterly bizarre. I mean, it, and the other really bizarre thing, like Dundee United have had a huge squad. Yeah. They've used 42 players this season. Yeah, and ridiculous. he effectively signed uh, a new start at 11 in January. Or he, he, yeah. He could put out 11 new signings if he wanted to. But yeah, he pretty much overhauled well, the entire starting lineup. Again, Dundee United Twitter is a strange place to be, but, you know, I, 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 would, I, I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> um, there's an awful lot of pride in how good the reserves are at the moment. <laughs> the reserves are scoring a lot of goals. You're know, like, yeah, yeah. No wonder they're like a lot of first team experience in there, and you don't have enough in it to switch it around for a Scottish Cup quarter final. So, uh, speaking of small time, um, I just wanted to mention how much I enjoyed it. Late into the second half and right up until the very end, Dundee United fans were still booing every touch from Cole Donaldson, which I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed every minute of. Like, it's a real dedication to the bit. Yeah, like Cole Donaldson, guy who had a poor time with Dundee United, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. but yeah, left said it was poisonous and then got booed the entire time so yeah fair play to call Donaldson mainly because I, I, I can't say anything against him because he'll eat me <laughs> he'll eat well that's two rounds in a row now he's got it right up the opposition fans just on that as well so I, I, I will get to that in a minute so I, I presume we're looking at McMullen's penalty and saying no yeah. oh, I don't know I mean I can understand why the referee's given it there is contact there when it happens at full speed it, there has been contact. Apparently what the Inverness players were annoyed by and what John Robertson was annoyed by was the foul in the build-up, less the actual penalty decision. But that was... Robertson was saying that before he had reviewed the decision. So, yeah, I think it was very soft. McMullen has gone... He's he's, he's thrown himself down, yes, but um, there was a bit of contact there, so I can kind of sympathise with the referee why it's been given. Fair enough. Thought it was, I, I, for me, it was just a bit soft. Really soft. In the game. And again, fitting... It felt terribly unfair at the time as well. Less so now because obviously you need mm-hmm. to get beat, mm-hmm. but it felt terribly unfair at the time given that they'd offered nothing in the game particularly. Um, one thing, uh, just what I was going to say as well, I f- the one thing I felt really cheated of was uh, the boy uh, Jordan White just after Austin nodded in from that, uh, which if the goal was offside. If you watch White in the coverage, he is absolutely giving it to the shed and then the whistle blows. <laughs> 
and he just immediately looks obviously as sheepish as you would do after, after absolutely getting right into them and then when the winning goal finally came in he went to kind of do it again but it was just that little bit more restrained just in case but given <laughs> he, he looks over yeah, his just, just making sure that he's definitely definitely <laughs> definitely okay to get it right up them um, and again the offside I thought was was again really it was a tough one to call yeah yeah at that point you were sort of you can't really blame the official no, for giving it no, either way at that point no. because yeah it was it was between um, was Hark's foot and uh, Austin's shoulder, and I mean, I, even even on a still frame, it was yeah. difficult for me to wonderful, see. Uh, wonderful header, if, if nothing else. It was, was yeah, shameful. That but as well. the, the United fullbacks had an absolute nightmare. Yeah, they were not having. They had an absolute nightmare, obviously uh, culminating in uh, Charlie Seaman just completely switching off for the winning goal. I mean, you could see how you could see Mark, how angry Connolly was. Connolly's face, man, <laughs> it's absolutely sensitive. I actually completely. Yeah. He doesn't even aim it at Seaman. He just he just, just has a fuming tantrum. He just like yeah, big fan. Really like really enjoyed every single moment of his tantrum. It was very good. But again, to for what I think it was Robertson said himself, like pretty much the smallest man on the part to get an, an what is essentially unmarked header at the back post is not a great look for anybody in there particularly. Yeah, um, yeah I thought I, 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 as you say, I, I just thought it was an absolutely smashing game and really enjoyed uh, John Robertson's sort of. Jim Leesman slash uh, Neil Lennon celebration at the end. It's becoming a mm-hmm. much more of a thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Managers running on the pitch, so that's Lennon's done it twice. There was the Klopp one, obviously, early yep. in the season. It's a different competition, I know. But um, And now John Robertson, yeah, it's becoming yeah. a real thing. And Scott Kelleher, they were both on there. Absolutely. They did a big belly bash <laughs> together. <laughs> they did a big kind of like two, like a tag team wrestler uh, <laughs> wrestling duo. Uh, Robbo, Robbo and Kelleher, the <laughs> Intercontinental Tag Team Champions. The, the Natural Disasters. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, so that will take us on to Aberdeen one, Rangers one. Uh, goes from Sankovsky and Joe Warrell. Um, it's kind of bizarre that in a game which still had a million talking points, this is the Aberdeen Rangers game which has the least to talk about this season. Just about like, well, um, so many things going on in the game, so many different stories within the game, but this one was. Relatively quiet, at least nothing to put off. Yeah, no one got sent off. Well, neither Scott McKenna or Alfredo Morelos got sent off. Uh, there wasn't anything like Brian Jack didn't noise anyone up. There was no real contentious decisions. It was actually just a really pretty decent game of football. Um, both teams went at it. Um, I thought it, it it was a kind of throwback to it, it was a cliche, good old fashioned cup tie. I thought. Um, Aberdeen had most of the initiative, certainly for the first half, but Rangers were really, really good on the counter-attack. Sort of role reversal from some of the cup games um, a, a decade ago when uh, Rangers were kind of the, the in this end. So I thought uh, Conor McLennan was excellent. Shinny and Lowe were, were really good. Um, Sam Cosgrove now has more goals in 2019 than Leo Messi. <laughs> Which is still weird Tom, you're to on say. That's sort of just on fire. <laughs> McLennan's a fair to say that McLennan's the, in terms of all the youngsters that have broken through, and I know there's not been a ton over McInnes's reign, but is he the one that's fit in the most naturally? Do you think he just looks like a first team player and doesn't need games to kind of get up to speed? I, I think. I mean, it's, it, naturally he he runs like he just runs and runs and runs and he gets back and forward and he covers his full back, and sometimes it means he only has an hour in him even at 20, 21 whatever he is um, I think that he's probably been unlucky not to play more games this season because now McGinn's been 
iffy form. Gary McKay Stevens had iffy form, um, and I, I think McLennan's got more, certainly more assists than both of them put together, and probably the same amount of goals, give or take. Um, but I thought he was excellent, and I mean he he. He does go down quite easily. I thought the first one was a penalty. He was he got booked for diving, and absolutely rightly so. And was kind of could easily have been sent off for yeah. uh, for another one. That was that you know was just kind of needs to. There's no, there's no need to do it because he you know he's fast and quick enough, uh, quick enough feet that he. It was just it, that one's just tired legs. Yeah. Just, he's just got no, no more left in him. Um, after I mean, like you say, the amount of graft he puts in is unbelievable. And again. Talk about young players coming at the team. Whatever you're doing, if you're covering ground, people are going to back you. Like people, yeah. are going to get on, people are going to get on side you yeah. one way or another. And I, I think that particularly, I mean, it's not. It's it's been a really strange season for Aberdeen because they've kind of had fits and starts. But he's been certainly the most exciting of the attacking threat. I mean, Cosgrove's been a weird it's X a, factor. It's really, it, really it's odd, isn't it? Too weird to quite comprehend. Even, even now, and you know that he's. Like obviously, when he, when, he, when he arrived at Aberdeen, it was a case of, oh, great, we've bought another goal pile and brilliant. Um, <laughs> and it's just, the, the more you watch him, you fully understand why somebody looked at him and went, or why McInnes looked at him and went, you can be really something for us. But even watching him now, he still looks like a big, awkward guy, finding himself in odd positions and odd body shapes. But as you say, he's just so effective in every way. I, I, just, I don't understand that at all. I really don't. I'm, it makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, he's like... He's that physical fifty p piece. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's angles. Similar. And he's he's like a sort of, but uh, just rolls right at the moment. And it's yeah, and it's, it's, as I say, I don't, I don't mean to be unkind about it. And he's a sort of skinny Michael Higdon sort of <laughs> character, and none of this makes any sense. But it keeps working. You, you yeah. fully understand why. He um, does miss some really glaring chances, though. He does yeah. have that even during his scoring streak recently. I mean, he fluffed one against Queen of the South, I think, for a hat trick. That's just the only one that comes to mind, but there has been a couple others. He he does still have that kind of like really bad miss in him, but you can't argue with that uh, scoring rate he has. At yeah, the and I think, I mean, amongst one of the reasons that the, it's been a slightly inconsistent season is, it, I think I'm right. I think I'm right in saying it's the youngest starting like, average age of starters in the league this season. Um, and Cosgrove's only 22. If he was, you know, if he if he'd come up through the ranks, Aberdeen, the People would have been a little more forgiving of him early doors, but um, I thought the game was—it was a really good game. I thought um, Kent and Tavernier were really dangerous for Rangers. Uh, Morelos and the counter attacks as well—he was devastating. He was really good. Um, Morelos was surprisingly quiet and slightly odd that Gerard didn't make any substitutions to to, to try and change it up. But it's really odd that it goes. I, it's interesting. It's interesting to see what the psychology is that this now goes to a replay, knowing what's what who lies in wait. And um, as well, on top of that, as well, you go into the replay knowing that there's no Ryan Jack. It's looking like he was. I think he left Petrosi in a walking boot, and there's been depending on who you listen to today, season there's a chance his season is over, um, which obviously is a huge loss uh, for Rangers in there as well. But then Cosgrove is out for Aberdeen as well, which is a, another huge loss for them. And I guess. Who plays for Aberdeen then? Is it, is it Wilson and you go back to him? Or do we look at McGinn through the middle? Or I've, I have no idea. I mean, the, the, I it's, think a real, it's a real loss for Patter fans more than anything else. <laughs> I think he'll probably play uh, Stevie May. Yeah. He'll play Stevie May and, and Greg Stewart. And in theory, that 
in theory, I mean, if you went back like three or four years and told anyone that, that those two were playing <laughs> together, they'd like, what? Um, the league? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a fair result on the day. Andrew Considine missed a couple of pretty good chances and uh, Alan McGregor had a couple of really good saves. But yeah, fair result. And Gerard moaning afterwards was a bit... He's, he's, I don't know, he's got this in him where he has this... I mean, I'm not sure what he's complaining about. Why Why is a team not allowed to train on their own pitch the day before a game? It was also weird that he was complaining about the aerial threat when the most dangerous player on the park was Conor McLennan for the first half anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's about four foot three and just... But yeah, I, I, yeah if, he's not, if he's not digging out his own players, then he seems to be um, just coming out with some strange shit about Scottish football in general or his opponents. I thought I thought it was really weird because I felt that the game was sort of fifteen twenty minutes to go really turned to right. Let's not lose. Let's, mm. no, nobody was really willing to take a chance, and particularly yeah. as you said, Rangers not making any substitutions. I thought it was really weird as well because it's not like they don't have bodies available for that. In that dropping McCrory into midfield gives you a slightly different dynamic in there, or you've got Halliday who can come on for Barisic and again offer something a little bit different from there. And you've got Jermaine Defoe there as well. And these are all different players who can offer just a slightly different element to what's there. So you've been doing it for an hour, 70 minutes. The game has been fairly even. I possibly are probably shaving, shading it just towards Aberdeen because they had more possession throughout the game. But you've got these game changers on the bench. And again, there was no movement. There was no opportunity. or no sort of thought of, well, we give it another go with something else. I, I thought it was just a bit weird, particularly in, in how he responded afterwards as well and how the game petered out. And the fact that they've spent all... I mean, I know Davis hasn't quite worked out, but they've they've gone out and they've got Defoe and Davis, two kind of marquee signings in January to give them that extra push. And OK, he tried Davis for a few games and it didn't work out and he's dropped them, but surely Defoe should be getting more of a look in at that point. I mean, his, his goal rate's been pretty decent since he came in. And I'm not saying he should start ahead of Morelos or necessarily yeah. alongside mm-hmm. Morelos because they have to change the formation and when they've done that, it's not really worked out. But it's a different threat that he offers as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I said, they've gone out and got these sign-ins and they're still playing the same players that they had before the January transfer window. Yeah. And it's slightly strange. As, I mean, it's not like it's fine, we'll take them back to Ibrox and finish the job. And you know, obviously Rangers will be favourites, but it's not like a cut and dried one by any stretch. And also, no. these games could easily finish with, you know, you could finish, you could win and have two red cards yeah. and injuries and all sorts because that's what's happened in almost every single one of these games so far this season. If, if anything, what, what Rangers don't want is to play Aberdeen again because yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is not going well for them. They've won and drawn at Ibrox this season, haven't they? Yeah. So yeah, I mean... I know they've just said they're, they're missing one of their key players up front, but they've got a decent record at Ibrox. Uh, at the more recent record, I think there was a win, was it last season as well? And for a long time, yeah. that wasn't the case. Yeah. They, they couldn't buy yeah, a The fear factors kind of hold Ibrox. up for yeah. uh, Moving on to the final game, uh, the Scottish Cup weekend, um, where we discovered that, as Craig rightly pointed out earlier, that weekdays are indeed for replays. Um, as Patrick <laughs> Thistle came back to equalise against uh, Hearts and a a weird and quite does, fun game. I, like it was a weird game, but I quite enjoyed the whole experience. Does this? What was Joel's wording for his song? Does he have to sing? 
Was it If Hearts Don't Win or If Partick Thistle Won? Well, it's recorded. It's on iPlayer. We can go check it out. We'll go check it on iPlayer. We'll go through it with a fine tooth comb. He put in the WhatsApp group that he said, if they don't progress, I think was the Mm. words that he used in the WhatsApp group. So unless he's trying to pull a fast one, um, he still doesn't have to sing Sunshine on Leith. And it's certainly not going to be in this this, uh, (laughs) episode adapted from the podcast. Yeah, um, but... In actual football, it was it was quite an entertaining game. Yeah. It was uh, uh, Uche was endlessly entertaining. I love Uche. <laughs> um, I would like to see uh, Stephen McLean. If some, if one of the stat guys could uh, do me Stephen McLean's touch map, because as far as I know, I think it's just a blank sheet. I think he started the game well, but then he just he just yeah he just he, he went missing after it. Hearts. If Hearts weren't good at set pieces, I'm not sure we'd score a goal. We <laughs> see, right, bombarded <laughs> them with many, some very inventive set pieces for uh, a lot of that first half. Hearts looked comfortable, but that's just because um, uh, Thistle were a blunt instrument. But if Hearts weren't causing bother from set pieces, they wouldn't have been causing bother see this, at all. See this idea that Hearts are good, for set, good from set pieces, right? Hearts do weird things from set pieces, but see, even the one that you scored from... It was a big shin in yeah. the box from the ritual. Like, <laughs> no, no. Like, what, what that first, what he was meant to do with that first ball, I have no idea because it definitely wasn't swing your leg at it and hit it with your shin on a bear. not a chance in the world. So I have no idea what he was meant to do there. I think it was just supposed to be an element of surprise that he was to make that late run and put the ball in the box. I'm not sure if they had planned to put it in a certain area of the yeah. box or to pick out a certain player, but if you put it, I don't know, if you put it in high hearts, hearts are a big side. They've got a lot of big players in there. So, one of them is likely to kind of get on it. Um, but yeah, he shinned it, you're right. Hearts Hearts have been quite inventive at set pieces, but there's been lots that have gone wrong as well. Bazanich like hitting every single one in the first match. Yeah, the second half he was infuriating. I don't know why he was still on corners. He was better at throwing the ball in the box than he was at kicking it for a footballer as mental. Um, and yeah, other than other than when Hearts hit the bar twice in quick succession, they really didn't bother Thistle from open play that much. Uh, Uchi was a handful as always, but Uchi isn't going to score you tons and tons of goals. He seems to need a goal scorer alongside him. Um, and Thistle, I mean, all credit to them, they scored with their only shot on target in the match. Uh, but they looked like I mean their tails were up after that, and they 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 looked more likely to score after that. But um, it's very it's very disappointing from a Hearts point of view to see them so comfortable in the first half and see how poor Thistle were and how easily Thistle were giving up possession in their own half to then the inevitable happening and uh, and and Hearts having to play them in a replay. I mean, Hearts haven't won an away Scottish Cup tie since March 2012. There was another That's tweet great. that went up last That's night that the only last seven, year seven years didn't, the didn't only, win an away Cup tie last year either. The only um, away match that Hearts have won without Stephen Naismith since I don't know towards the end of 2017 or something like that was two one away at Cove, and we had to field <laughs> an ineligible player to win that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yikes. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite something. Uh, quite uh, on the on the subject of quite something uh, was Joe Cardo's fresh air swing the greatest fresh air swing of all time. <laughs> that's, he's just back from injury. That's a shame on him. That must have hurt. <laughs> I do. I do find it. Uh, there was a guy on on Pine Bovril who literally missed. He was saying he missed most of the end of the game because he was trying to learn how to make a gif, <laughs> which, which I really enjoyed because he saw it, thought it was great. He was like. 
people need to see this. Everybody needs <laughs> to see this. Uh, which I very much enjoyed as well. I also really enjoyed uh, the Hearts Young team and the ultras directly behind the dugouts because it looked amazing. When did they get a drum? I don't remember Hearts fans having a drum before. Maybe that's what Mother. I'm not at many Hearts games. Maybe maybe it's where Mother was drum ended up. Maybe Aki sold it to them. I've no idea. <laughs> sold that to buy George Oakley or something. <laughs> it is quite. I mean, it's a good again. Pretty good going, given the the heart seems to have had this route to the final where people are going this way. This way come exactly, on, this yeah, way. You know, Livingston, Auchinleck, uh, Party Thistle, and and Cali Thistle, and, and and you know you can't pick and choose who you get in the cup. But it's it's like just this way, and they keep wandering off the beaten path and looking at other For things. A guy that's never won a trophy before, Levine will never have a better chance. And again, surely, 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 Hearts can see their way past. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think think so. Even though we've um, had some terrible results at home in the last couple of years uh, and recently, surely we'll beat that Thistle side. Surely you can overcome Inverness in the semi-final. And by that point, by that point, (laughs) I mean that 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 game could go on for about three weeks as they try and decide who's got to win it. Just endless penalties (laughs) and endless draws. Um, But. If they get to the final, by that point, will every Hearts player that's been injured over the past like eight months finally all be fit at the same time as well? Which is a good few months away. Even if, even even if scrape, even if they scrape through Inverness, just wrap everybody. Stop playing anybody. Play the Hearts reserves. Um, try and pick up some from Dundee United. See if you can get them in on loan, and then chuck or them get Gary O'Connor <laughs> in as a nutrition coach. Yes, yes, exactly <laughs> that. Exactly that. See if you can. Teaches some something about blood, um, really. But yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> that's alleged. <laughs> but yeah, my my overwhelming takeaway from the game was just it was an unbelievable number of passes played into people's hips. <laughs> so I've never I've never seen more players try to control balls at hip height, um, which was just remarkable, absolutely sensational stuff. Right, do we have anything else on that? All done. Smashing. Uh, right, thanks very much for listening. Um, as always. Uh, as I said earlier, we're off to record the Patreon. We are going to discuss the two uh, top flight fixtures from the weekend, um, which we save for the Patreon because they're so exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're going to do a quick uh, lower league winners and losers in there as well. So again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for tuning in on a Tuesday. Uh, we're sorry it's not on a Monday, but it seemed the, the best place to go. So we shall speak to you soon, Craig. Cheers. Speak to you soon, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.